as I've started to wake the real Judy up, it's not like I've been faking it or I haven't been this real version of myself, but I've been kind of like a watered down corporate Barbie version of who I really want to fucking be in this world. Like who I know I was born to be. The fucking vibe, the swagger. I feel like I've been like sort of put in this box because I've been so afraid to be who I really want. This is a Soul Fire production. You are listening to episode 190. Yo, I'm so excited to tell you that Holla, H-O-L-L-A, is our official and brand new AdvoCare code. So this means that any and every time you shop, you enter Holla at checkout to get discounts and support this podcast. When you do, yo, AdvoCare has been a podcast sponsor for going on three years now, and that is on purpose, y'all. It's no bullshit. I love them. I love their products. It's a win-win, yo. And I did a whole podcast episode on how I scored this epic partnership. So you can go snatch some ideas for yourself and your business, but yo, go check out AdvoCare. They make this podcast possible and very free for you. So go put some goodness in in your cart. Use Holla at checkout for discounts and support us, the team it takes to make this for you each week when you do. What if I could just let it be easy? Easy like the breeze, easy like a Sunday, easy like See, most of my life I've been a control freak, a bad habit I built as a way of dealing with an unmedicated, manic, bipolar monster. I mean, mother, but now as an adult human, it gets me into trouble. And while I like a little trouble from time to time, I want it to be the right kind of trouble, you know, not the kind of trouble with the capital T, the kind of trouble you bring on yourself because you've got jacked up expectations only equaling disappointment due to your unmet attempts to micromanage every moment. Maybe Janet, Miss Jackson, if you're nasty, had it right all along that this is really a story about control. See, control freaks like me, we have anxiety and varieties wrapped up like mixtape from the 90s. And we hate the easy button because easy means taking your foot off the gas pedal. And if your foot is off the gas pedal, you could stop moving or worse yet, crash. So we gun it, hit the gas, easing right back into the comfort of control because God for fucking bid, we finish last. Now, this is where our aha moment comes into the podcast studio with me and grabs the mic because what I've learned from all my mistakes, failures, and major outtakes is that they all point back to control me trying to micromanage every moment. Then when I look back at all my wins and major gains, they all happened in full-blown flow. Me operating to the rhythm of my own life, doing what felt right instead of what felt comfortable, caring about my own opinion more than the opinion of others, finally becoming my own mother, officially responsible expecting my shit instead of expecting shit, learning how to love myself instead of constantly lessening myself. Yo, the sun doesn't stop shining because other people think it's too bright. So why the fuck should we have to turn down our light? Self-love has ensured that I never have to bow down or need a king because I am my own king, queen, joker, jester, and everything in between. I kiss my own ring. I'm no longer afraid to be seen standing on soapboxes, slowly telling my own story, no longer using someone else's wings to fly, finally standing strong in my full glory. So I'm learning 
how to take my foot off the gas pedal, loosen my death grip on certainty, let my beast out of the cage, feel my rage, then turn it into the most beautiful pages I have yet to write that turns my dark nights into the most beautiful sunrise because the last time I checked, the sun doesn't dim its light because someone else thinks it's too bright. So I guess this is really a story about control about shining bright despite the days it feels like a fight and letting life be easy. Easy like Sunday. Easy like the breeze. Easy like E. All right, y'all. So that is an original piece I wrote, a little spoken word poetry. I call that easy like E. And, and I wanted to start the show today with that for you because really... What we're talking about today is transformation, and transformation requires a letting go, a massive letting go. And if you too (laughs) are a control freak or a control freak in recovery, like your girl, you know, it's going to be really hard to break through to the other side, to transform, to have any sort of awakening or get yourself out of any box if you cannot figure out how to let things be easy like E, right? To just loosen the grip and let go a little bit. I actually performed that piece, Easy Like E, last night at a poetry slam here locally. Um, And it got me to the finals, which was so good. And then I followed it up because you have to have three original pieces. And I followed it up with a piece called Shit Makes the Best Fertilizer. So maybe I'll I'll read that one to you in an upcoming episode because it it's one of my faves. And I was so proud of myself last night. I got to the almost final round. And it was just so great to be able to share my work and continue to grow as an artist, as a spoken word poet, as a poet, as a beat poet, as someone who is wanting to become more of a poetic voice in her work and really, truly lean more into that form of artistry and that talent that I have that's been lying dormant for way, way too long. So before we go there, because we want to talk about that, okay, I want to talk about, okay, so today is all about It's all about transformation, baby. Right now for me, and I think I'm going through a lot. And I think the story behind my transformation right now could really help you because I've learned so much. So I want to share with you um, a term, like to kick things off, a term I heard about that really like blew me away because it is so, it is so where I'm at. And it was like, I learned it from Simon Sinek. He writes a really incredible book, The Infinite Game. I think it's called The Infinite Game about how there's different leaders out there. People who are playing a finite game, kind of competing against each other, sort of short-term wins. Like this is buying and selling companies, creating something, making something in the hopes of selling it and moving on to the next thing. And then there's leaders and, and humans and creators and artists that really are, are, are playing in a fi- uh, an infinite game rather. It is the long game. There is no end. There is just evolution and transformation and flex. And so he brings up this term, and hopefully I can say it right because this word is so hard for me to say existential, existential, existential flexibility. He calls it existential flex. Okay. Um, So basically, what is that? It is the capacity as a leader, as an artist, as a creator to make a dramatically huge seismic shift in an entirely new direction to advance your cause your purpose, your passion. 
right? And in order for you to have the capacity for existential flex, you better have a crystal clear cause, like a North Star, because it's that that will direct all of your decisions. And for me, for so long, I had like a shitload of North Stars. Oh, I'm going to go be a little bit this, and then I'm going to be a little bit this, but I'm this, but I'm that. Oh my God, but maybe I should be doing this, and oh my God, I'm doing this. And so much of it has become clear onto why I had so much tailspin up until very recently. So much tailspin, so much confusion, so much overwhelm, so much irritability, so much stress, so much hidden anger, right? And it's because I wasn't honoring what I knew in my heart my true purpose was. And so basically, in other words, existential flex is basically the motherfucking pivot, yo. Okay. It is you pivoting. And I think it takes major guts, major balls, major kahunas to say, oh shit. (laughs) Oh shit. I am going in the wrong direction. And yes, I have spent all this time and money and energy going one direction and even shifting that direction I thought was right around a bunch of directions inside that direction. But yo, I have never been more clear that it is not the right way anymore. Like, that's where I am. What about you? Like, does that hit you? Are you there? Are you in something and, and you're embarrassed to admit like, holy shit, I think we're going the wrong direction. Or my, I'm not sleeping at night. My gut's upset. Um, irritable. I think irritability and stress and overwhelm or our external ways we deal with our internal not being on lock, right? And for me, the last three years have been like, whoa. And I think they've been like, whoa, for most of us, rightfully so, right? They've been like, whoa, rightfully so, baby. But the last six months for me, shit. So I want to talk about it because transformation Having a spiritual awakening, it is hard. It's also scary. It's also vulnerable as fuck. And I think there's a lot of mystery around it. I think a lot of us just don't even know, like, am I, should I be transforming? Is it time to transform? What is a transformation? Awakening, am I awake? What is a spiritual awakening? What does that mean? And how do you move through it? So I want to walk you through both of those things, share my journey, specifically what's been helping me and what hasn't helped me so you can borrow some of it for yourself. Okay, so let's talk about transformation. What is the definition of transformation? Straight up from Google. Here we go. A transformation is a dramatic change in form or appearance. Uh, This could be an important event like getting your driver's license, going to college, getting married, moving all across the country, any of this, starting a business, right? Having a kid, all this stuff can cause a transformation in your life. And a transformation in a nutshell is an extreme radical change. So then how do you know? How do you know if you're transforming? So I found this article online by Connie Chapman. I'll link to it in the show notes. But she has this great blog post about the six signs that you know you're in the process of a transformation. So I'm going to read these to you because shit, I felt it. So number one, things are falling apart and falling away. (laughs) Uh, So this can be really scary and really unsettling, especially when things in your life begin to start 
to crumble around you. It can trigger feelings of anxiety, like I mentioned, grief, the desire to cling, all this stuff like, oh my God, I'm so afraid of this change. So I'm going to hold on to the old. I'm going to hold on to what feels safe. I'm going to hold on to all my old people and ways of thinking. And and just you're just clinging to what used to be because the falling apart of things is very scary. So that's number one. Number two, you feel confused anxious and you have a mind full of chatter. Hello, everything I just said to you. This was me for the last literal three years. Um, Definitely, definitely the last year. My God, so much confusion, so much anxiety, and my mind would never, never slow down. And your mind's going to try to keep you on the path of what makes sense so it can stay, hello, in control because your mind and your body wants to know what's going to fucking happen. It does not like the unknown. And being pushed into these like dark depths of the soul throws you off and it causes, of course, fear, anxiety, and panic. So, okay, that's a sign, a big sign that you are in the process of a transformation. Number three, you're not getting the results you used to get. You're not getting the results you used to get. Hello. This was massive for me, certainly in my keynote keynote business. I think COVID and a lot of that started shifting, but my results were changing. Things weren't the same anymore. I wasn't seeing the results I was used to seeing from a growth perspective and even an income and sort of activity perspective. So that was big. Number four, you feel drawn to retreat and go internal. I mean, there have been so many times that I'm like, yo, fuck it. I'm just going to go 10 bar. And I love a good bartender. Nothing against tending bar. I did it for years, but I'm like, yo, like nothing would make me happier than just go be a barista in a coffee shop and hide from the world. I can't take it. I can't. It's too much. Um, But I have had some very serious thoughts lately of just like, oh my God, should I just let me just go find a really dope bar and just go start bartending. And and like, let me go find the cutest little coffee, high vibe coffee shop and just go hide from the world. Anybody else there been there wanting to like throw in the towel and just like hide from the world, go internal, lots of sleeping, borderline depression vibes. I mean, so I have to watch the sleeping, our body heals and sleeping, but sometimes wanting to just like sleep it away or hide it away. That is a sign you're going through a transformation. Number five, relationships are ending. And people are leaving your life, right? This has been happening for me for a couple of years, specifically um, in the last six months, no doubt about it. So lots of lots of relationships ending and uh, new ones coming in. But definitely, that's a sign that there's a transformation. And then number six, old ways of being, like it ain't working. Old ways of being are no longer working. Like as we start to become conscious to our unconscious parts, it's confronting as fuck. And you may now be learning how to redefine who you are and find your sense of of self and all this stuff, but that old you ain't going to get you to where you want to go. And even playing with the old you, hanging out with the old you, it feels icky and cringe and weird because you are, you are becoming And you're not just even becoming anymore. You're kind of it. You have become and transformed into this new evolution and new version of yourself. So yo, being that old version of you is hard. It feels fake and it's going to cause and trigger so much frustration and anxiety because you're like playing two games. You feel like a bit of a fraud. It feels faux. It feels cringe and it doesn't feel authentic, but you're like, ah, so what? What's the give, right? What's the give? Like, I want to be here. I know I'm there, but how do I 
honor where I went and sort of make this transformation transition feel seamless so I don't blow up everything I've worked my fucking ass off for for the last 10, 15 years. And what I'm learning is you cannot do that in a silo. You need people, you need help. I'm about to get there. But imagine alongside of having a like human transformation, which by the way, I think we're doing every decade. Like, dude, if you are the same now at 40, if you're listening and you're one of my 40 year old babes, like if you're the same in in your forties as you were when you were 20, babe, you got it. There's something not right there. Right. And I think, you know, when you're 30, you're different. And when you're 40, you're different. And when I'm in my 50s, I'm going to be different. And right now I'm preparing for this next decade, this next 10, 15 years of who I'm becoming and who I want her to be and where I'm going into this next 10, 15 years of my artistry and, and my thought leadership and you know, my business and my brand and my keynote speeches, like, what do I want to really say? And who do I want to become? And how do I get to the next level? And what do I need to be saying? And what do I really want to be saying in order to tap into that next level, right? But I think we're supposed to be changing and evolving. And every decade is going to be a different transformation. You're going to shed skin and you're going to want to hold on to your old patterns and you're going to lose people and gain people. And it's a part of the process. So imagine you're transforming, which we're always doing, right? But when you're in the middle of like a shift between decades, between like old self and new self, it's big. And those are some of the ways you know you're in it. But imagine in tandem with that, you're also having a massive fucking spiritual awakening. Hi, it me. So I'm transforming and awakening at the same time. I even got a DM from one of my fave artists, DJ Megan Taylor, shout out. Uh, I get a DM from her. She's like, girl, and I love my spiritual sissies. Like I love my woo-woo witchy women. Um, she's one of them. She's a badass. And she's like, yo, babe, hey, how you doing? Um, can I ask you a question? I hope you don't take this the wrong way. She's like, have you had an awakening? <laughs> and I was like, bitch, I love you. I love you. And uh, yes, I think, I don't know. I'm Googling it as we speak. I'm working on all this shit because uh, I think she's like, yeah, you look different. You feel different. Your vibe is different. You're showing up different. Like it's different. And I just want you to know, I see you. I hear you. I love you. And I'm fucking here for it. Like the messages I've gotten, the connections I've made in the last six months as I've started to wake the real Judy up. It's not like I've been faking it or I haven't been this real version of myself, but I've been kind of like a watered down corporate Barbie version of who I really want to fucking be in this world, right? Like who I know I was born to be. The fucking vibe, the swagger. Like I feel like I've been like sort of put in this box because I've been so afraid to be who I really want. And I don't think the last three years helped any of this shit. I think as creatives and artists and just as human beings, I think if you are saying or selling anything these days, like everybody He's got the fear of cancel culture and offending someone and losing it all over one word, one sentence, one phrase. I mean, we're so afraid to create that it's sort of silencing so many people who have a lot to say and a lot to be in this world. And I was one of those people. I was so afraid. I'm just like, let me, you know, with everything that happened to happen with COVID and just all the turmoil and all of that. I just like keep my nose down, be grateful for what you have. Let's fucking go, right? Like just ride this improv train all the way to the end of time and just keep your nose down, babe. Be grateful for what you have. Who do you think you are wanting more? Who do you think you are wanting more? Who the fuck do you think you are? Be grateful for what you have, right? Like, and you could lose it all tomorrow. Just so much fear, so much lack, so much scarcity. Anyway, so all of a sudden I started waking up and I think moving to Arizona had a big part of that, but a spiritual awakening, no doubt. Had it, 
have had it, have walked through it. And there are seven stages to a spiritual awakening. So maybe you're like, okay, yo, Judy, yo, babe, I love this, but what the fuck is a spiritual awakening? I got you, boo. So here are the seven stages. I'm going to walk you through them and sort of give you some personal anecdote, you know, and personal story through each phase. So you kind of can get a vibe for like how I've been working through these things. So a spiritual awakening always begins with the dark night of the soul. Okay. This is the initial phase when your soul goes through pain and darkness and confusion. And it is, it is dark and it is hard and it is lonely and it is anxiety and it is fear and it is scarcity and it is Confuciusness, right? I am Confucius, right? So, so for me, that was definitely the last three years. And if you haven't listened to my episode titled Bazi, B-A-Z-I, baby, it's about four or five episodes ago, go listen, Jen Stone. She's one of my healers. She's incredible. A lot of this, (laughs) she's been a big part. And Bozzy has been a big part of this awakening. It's become such a competitive advantage for me. It's given me so much confidence and I really don't make a move without her or my charts. So go listen to that episode, babe. But one of the things she talks about in Bozzy is that we are going to have clash years, clash days, clash months. This is when things are not really aligned to your favor. And you can either flow with the clash or you can fight the clash. You can either make it easy, baby, and rock with it, or you can fight it. And you cannot change destiny. And really, that's what Bazi is. It is the Chinese, you know, form of astrology that is really rooted in destiny. And that destiny is aligned to your specific destiny DNA, the time, date, month, year you were born. So we're all moving through our own journeys. But the last three years were my dark night of the soul. In 2020, Jen told me, Jen Stone, my, my Bozzy healer, she was like, listen, COVID aside, 2020 was going to be a clash year for you. It was going to be a shit show regardless of COVID. So instead of flowing with my dark night of the soul, I made my life so much harder those couple of years. 20, 2021, 2022, because I was trying to create my way out of it. I was trying to control my way out of it. I was trying to force my way out of it, right? And so, listen, we're all going to go through dark nights of the soul shit. Maybe you're in one right now. So this is where we just need to take a deep breath, flow with it. I think this is where we get more still. There are times to push and there are times to pull back. And I feel like what knowing what I know now, this is a lesson. Next time I go through a dark night of the soul, next time, because next time we are always evolving and changing, that is the game, I will pull back. I will slow down. I will listen and I will be. But I tried to fight my dark night of the soul, which was coming. I couldn't, you cannot, you cannot control destiny. (laughs) You cannot control it. So it begins with the dark night of the soul. And I have certainly gone through the last three years of that, a little less in flow than I would have liked, but it begins there. Then all of a sudden, stage two of a spiritual awakening is you get this ray of hope. With all the suffering, you start to like get your shit together. And you're like, okay, I'm the shit. You look yourself in the mirror and you're like, all right, do you remember who you are? You give yourself this holler hype and you're like, bitch, you are the shit. You have been through so much. Do you realize how talented and amazing and incredible, right? We like pull ourselves up. We gather our shit together. We start to see some fluttering of hope. It's like cracking open the shades. It's like the sun coming through the clouds, right? It's the storm passing and the sun shining. And for me, this was my move to Arizona in the summer of 2022. (sighs) A fresh start, 
a new light, a new energy. And I was like, yes. Okay. So stage one, dark night of the soul stage two. Now I've got a ray of hope, something new, right? A little bit of a remix in my life coming to Arizona. And then stage three is like, you begin to have this inner conflict with yourself. And for me, that was me feeling like I was in a box, like I had been stuffed in a box. Like I was fighting this pull from loving improv and respecting everything the improv mindset and all the personal development that has come with it, fighting all of its gifts and that journey that I had been on for 10 years, like from Second City to the main stage as a keynote speaker, sharing those ideas, fighting my love of it and my respect of it with my real desire and my real inner artist wanting to come out and play in a different way. And I was afraid to admit it. And I was keeping a lot of these sort of secrets to myself that I was writing poetry and studying poetry and dreaming of being a spoken word poet and like all this stuff. Right. But I had felt like I was in this box, like this corporate box and like no one would hire me if I didn't stay in the box. And you know, improv was my thing. And how do I deviate from that? And what would I do without it? And just sort of like letting it prop me up as a performer and sort of hiding behind it, hiding behind the improv and having this massive conflict of not knowing how to honor it, but also move away from it. Okay. So then stage four comes. So stage one, dark night of the souls, stage two, a ray of hope, stage three, shit. Now you've got this conflict. Okay. But now stage four, you're starting to have a spiritual acceptance. This is basically surrender. It's finally letting go of your resistant ego and allowing yourself to be guided by a higher power. This was me sort of deciding, thank God I'm in the desert and I'm a spiritual babe, right? I'm a little bit of a Glenda the Good Witch, right? I've got some witchy vibes. And thank God I have that base for myself because I finally decided to surrender to it. I was like, I am no, okay, I am feeling this pull. I don't know what it is. I don't know who's going to fucking help me. I don't know how to articulate it. I don't know how to start. I don't know where to go, but I am going to surrender and accept the fact that it's coming for me. Like it's coming for me. And Elizabeth Gilbert famously talks about like, you are given gifts. There are things like I talk about this with Homeboy, my book and the concept of fear is my homeboy all the time, Uh, which by the way, holy fucking shit. I've had the massive. I had the big download for my next book, which I'm really, really, I've been waiting for her. I've been waiting for her, but I think I needed this awakening to make that decision. So more and more and more soon, but fuck, I've got it. Right. So this the same thing happened with homeboy. I remember the moment the download came to me and Elizabeth Gilbert talks very famously about like, you will get a gift from God, higher power, whatever you believe in, you will get it. And if you don't go do something with it, it's going on to the next person. Like it needs to be made in this world. Like fears my homeboy was coming out and either I was birthing her or somebody else was. And same with this new, this new place I'm at. I've been given a gift and an idea and a major download in my life. And if I don't go do it, (laughs) it's going to someone else, but she is coming out. She's either coming out through me or she's coming out through someone else. So stage four, spiritual acceptance is you saying, all right, okay. It's happening. It is in my destiny. So I am going to trust and believe that God, higher power source, is going to line up all my motherfuckers. It's going to line up all the people I need, all my G's, all my queens, all my angels, all my people to help me go get it. And I'm just going to take a deep breath. Okay. Stage five, grounding. This is when you begin to accept yourself, your motherfucking self, you. 
Like the real you. Holla the real fucking you. And commit to improving her, you, right? Self. Instead of wasting your time on useless talk, useless people, and you choose instead to enrich your mind and read books. You seek the company of learned people and sages, right? And with all of that, you begin to work on yourself and you get rid of like these negative traits. Hello, control, not trusting, right? Micromanaging everything, caring more about other people's opinions than the opinion of my own self, right? Finally, respecting my shit instead of expecting shit, right? So the grounding is a dope as hell place to be. I'm there, but I'm also in stage six, which is the coming out of the closet phase. And really, (laughs) the essence of this whole fucking episode, which is really me coming out of the closet to you. Because here's the deal. I had to do this episode because I could not confidently go into seven, which is stage seven, I'll give you a sneak peek, which is walking down the path, which is the movement, the action, the doing of the thing you are coming out of the closet on, right? So, okay, coming out of the closet, stage six. This is like you accepting your spiritual state, you're gaining enough courage, and you decide to come out and explain everything to your loved ones, to your team, to you, to your friends, to your family, to your fam, to your OGs, to like all of the people that encompass your community and your world. And it's the point of this fucking episode because I wanted to come out of the closet to you and and let you know where I'm going and what I'm going to do. And I'm going to try not to get emotional as I do this because I've been wanting to do this for so long. And I have never felt more clear, more confident, more calm. Than I do now in this decision. So, after a decade of speaking on stage, sharing the power of the improv mindset and its magic with audiences around the world, I'm taking a page out of Taylor Swift's book, baby, and I'm launching essentially my own, I'm calling it not public facing, but to myself, like my own new era tour, right? So, as I walk into this next decade of my speaking career, which is the love of my life, speaking on stages, I I'm a keynote speaker. I'm a performer. I'm an artist. It's what I was born to do. And as I walk into this next decade of my speaking career, I'm coming out from behind improv and finally stepping into my own artistry as a performer, a spoken word poet, and a professional fire starter, designing these sort of custom stage experiences that leave audiences shook, seen, and ready to make waves so seismic they shake the ocean floor. Now, I debuted. I have been working behind the scenes with my team. More on that in a minute because you're going to shit your pants at the next two episodes. Definitely the next episode, but we might make it a two-part series. So stand by because shit's about to get real juicy if this isn't juicy enough. So I have been working with a fucking insane team of artists. They are fucking artists. We're all artists. We're artists. They are creatives. And they have been building brands collectively. One of them has been building brands since she was 16 years old. I mean, they specifically fashion brands. And they it's so great because I've brought people into my business from the outside. They know nothing about authorship and keynote speaking. Like I've had to teach them everything, but it's been so great because they know nothing. So they have no bad habits and they are bringing so much magic from the outside into my business and my life and my brand and my keynotes. Like they are now, I'm writing my keynotes with them. I mean, we debuted this brand new keynote. So 
this whole spoken word poetry and music and movement and just me standing on stage without improv as a real performer, like leaning into this fucking hollow way of life, right? Like this last name that I was born with, this like gift that I was born with to perform and be a poet and to shift energy in rooms because that's what I do. I'm an energy shifter, right? Like I change the frequency in rooms, right? And that's what I really do as a keynote speaker. Like that's, if you want to shift energy in rooms, if you want people to leave different, if you want people to feel like they can freaking ignite their lives and flip a table and change the world while they're at it, I'm your girl, right? So we built this new talk with spoken word and music and movement. And I mean, you guys, I got like mixtapes and I, it's, we dance and we move and it's just the best. It's such a vibe and it's the most holler talk I've ever given in my entire life. It's raw, it's real, it's vulnerable. I just share personal stories. I talk about my mom and my life and epic wins and epic failures. It's the most personal talk I've ever given in my entire life. So I debuted it a week and a half ago, the first time within five days of each other. The first time I put this talk on stage to 7,000 women with Avon for the first time. And if you're here, my Avon babies, I see you. We have thousands of new women in the community from Avon. There were 7,000 people total between the live and virtual audience. And I debuted this talk to a standing ovation and wildly, wildly successful reviews and very, very happy clients and lots of tears and lots of emotions and lines wrapped around the building. It was one of the most incredible talks I've ever given and I really think it's because I was never more myself on a stage. I was real and raw and vulnerable. And it was just so refreshing to see it work. But it was a room full of women, 95% women. So about six days later, I had a talk scheduled for an insurance group, a thousand insurance professionals that was 50-50, men and women. And I knew what the leaders wanted. I had gotten on a call with them. And you know, initially, people go on my website. It's super corporate right now. And it's like, here's my talks and improv. And it's so in a box and whatever. And more on that, lots of changes coming. But I had given this talk to a thousand insurance professionals. Let me back up. I knew I was going to give this talk, the one I gave at Avon, modified because I write custom spoken word. I create these sort of brand anthems for each organization uh, based on their goals and their theme and what they've got going on and who's in the room. So I had to rewrite the open and you know memorize it and get it ready and, and sort of rehearse. But I, I was going to put it on both stages because I wanted to prove that the work works with the right client right? With the right client, with the right vertical, with the right audience, with the right like desire on the other side of the talk. I wanted to prove that this will work in corporate as much as it would work with a room full of 95% women. So I give this talk literally last week to a thousand insurance professionals, movement, music, spoken word, mixtapes, holla, stories, vulnerable, all that stuff. Raving reviews, standing ovation, tears, the happy clients. They're bringing me back in for other opportunities. Like, And I got off that stage and I was like, yo, I did it. Like whether that audience is male or female, young or old, corporate or entrepreneur, people want to be seen and they want to be loved. But most importantly, I think corporate now more than ever, they want fucking real talk and they are craving connection in a way that feels almost impossible in a world that has never felt more disconnected. So I am floating on a cloud because I did it. And I proved to myself that I am it. I am enough and I don't need to hide behind anything else anymore. I can stand on stage as my full self, as Hala, as Judith Holler, the human being with everything that I love and all the talents that I have and as the artist that I am and be enough. 
And I know that if I want to crack into the next level of arenas and massive stages as a keynote speaker, which is what I want to go do, I am going to have to come out from behind the improv and transform into that, into that performer, into that artist. And I have to have a message that is going to get me there. And that message is always inside of you. It was inside of me the whole time. I just needed to bring the right people in from the the outside. God gave them to me. The universe gave them to me. Remember when I sat back and said, okay, this train's going. I don't know how it's going. I don't know who's coming. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know how it's going to feel, but I believe that my angels are coming. Like all the people I need are going to line up and get here for me. And they're here. So more to come, because this is going to mean major changes to my brand (laughs) as we rebuild yet again. Yet this transformation also serves as a powerful reminder for you. The second you start caring about your own opinion more than the opinion of others, you're going to step into a whole new arena. And and as you start to understand these, these stages of a spiritual awakening, you can flow through them instead of fight them. You're going to start having a lot more fun And you're going to really start attracting all the clients who feel it, who feel the real you, which walks us into stage seven, which is walking down the path. Action, baby, onward, one foot forward. And that's where I'm at right now, walking down the path. And I'm not doing it alone. I've got an incredible new team around me, my God. And truly, it's my creative directors, House of Nectar, Lisa Sage, that have pulled me out of this spiritual awakening and this transformation that I've been in and turned me into the fucking beast I was born to be and making the investment in that strategic position and in that strategic hire was hands down one of the best business moves I've ever made in business yet. And guess what? Guess what? Here's the big surprise. I'm bringing them on the show next week. I'm so fucking excited. And I have a feeling it's going to be so dope and so so massive that we might even need to make it a two-part series where, I mean, they pulled speaker school out of me. They designed it. There is shit coming, you guys, that you can't even, you're going to be so hyped for all of it. I'm so hyped for all of it, but I need you to know about them because I want you to use what I'm doing to watch the transformation and awakening I'm walking through and take everything we're doing and everything I'm learning and use it for yourself if you are on that path. If you want to be on that path, they are gold. And I'm going to bring them on the show and we're going to talk about all of it. We're going to talk about creativity. We're going to talk about owning your shit. We're going to talk about not caring what others think. We're going to talk about being an artist. We're going to talk about how to transform, how to awaken the beast inside you that feels like it's been stuffed in a box too. And of course, they're going to share all the behind the scenes shit on my brand and my business so you can hear from them from their perspective, from their words, what's been going on with me and what's coming up. So your homework is number one, go listen to the Bozzy episode. Bozzy baby, it's about four or five episodes ago. Go listen to the breathwork episode from last week with Regina. These are two healers that have been massive on this journey with House of Nectar, Sage, Lisa, and this like awakening and transformation. So go listen to those episodes because we'll probably reference it and I want you to know what the fuck's going on. So next week's going to be huge. So buckle up, mark your calendars. Do not miss the next two episodes. Definitely the next episode, we may make it a two-parter. I don't know how that's going to shake down. We are recording on Mondays, so (laughs) more to come. But baby, mark your calendars. Also, 
you know, they have been a big part of speaker school and sat there for every hour, every minute of that recording. They were in the studio. Their hands were all over that. They creatively designed the entire show, baby. And, you know, we're so excited that we're opening doors on that again. So September 25th, if you have been feeling a pull as a performer to speak on stage, Speaker School's for you. If you want to grow your business and your brand and get more eyeballs on your work, yo, speaking is the best fucking way to do that. I've been doing it for a decade. I've scaled a seven-figure speaking business. I'm now pivoting and transforming that entire speaking business. So you're going to learn so much in speaker school because you get it for life. So as I change and as I evolve, you're going to evolve too because you're going to get all that. And the community is insane. We're already in conversations right now about what we're going to do with our alum. We're like referring leads to each other. Like it's becoming bigger than I could have imagined it becoming. And I mean bigger in like a value way. Like the community is incredible and the opportunities are incredible and the talent's insane. So get up in this party, baby. September 25th, we open doors to the general pop. If you want to get on the wait list and get access early, plus I pick one person off the early access wait list to come all expenses paid, like behind the scenes with me to a keynote, click the link in my bio on Instagram or the link in the show notes and you can sign up there through my link tree um, or just send me an email. Hello at judyholler.com, babe, and I'll put you on the wait list. Okay, we will go old school, snail mail, let's go. So holy shit, I'm sweating. I am sweating. There is so much to unpack and we're going to do it all over the next couple of episodes, but it does mean more change. And I'm okay with it because I think it takes guts to say, fuck, I've been going the wrong direction. So you're going to see a lot of what's going on. It had to start with my keynote. That was the first step. And then we're going to make some some updates to the website and, of course, the podcast here. I'm still going to be coming at you every Wednesday, but expect some big changes here, baby. And then, of course, you'll see it spill into you know my newsletter and you know my social media and a lot of other collaborations that are are being cooked up right now and things we have in the pipeline. And of course, my next body of work that I can't wait to publish because it's in me, it's been given to me, and I cannot wait to put that out into the world. So we're working on all of it. Transformation takes time. It does require some patience and some love, uh, not just for yourself, but your you know, love for the process. So I'm here for you, babe. Hit me up. Let me know what you think about this episode. I'm so excited for the next couple of weeks, especially all the content we're going to be putting out in September and just just the fucking popping off that's about to happen uh, inside this brand because all the things we're doing are going to help you pop off. It is going to be for you so that you can go fucking pop off in the ways you want to so you can step into your truth, so you can fucking live your own holla lifestyle, so you can live out loud in the ways you want to live out loud, so you can be who you really want to be in this world and do it confidently and creatively and and courageously, right? Like no more hiding. It's time. It's time. The time is now. And there's so much hate in the world. We don't play that game because hate is cheap. Hate is on sale. Love is luxury, baby. And we are holla hype girls. We are holla hype people. And we keep moving. That's what we do. We keep our heads down. We hustle and we keep moving, baby. So I'm so glad you're here. Thanks for listening and let me know what you think. Holla. Holla.